to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome to an adventure in history. We have our most popular repeat guest back here with us again. See, I was about to take argument with that, but you said popular. Yes. Not the most often here. Because she's still chomping at the bit of, of like the, the most uh, frequent I'm, guest. I'm coming oh. in close on that number, though, I think. I think you are. Yeah. Who's the most frequent guest? Um, technically speaking, I think John Gunberger still really. That title. Oh no, that's going to be a hard, uh, yeah, hard record to break. But, I bet. But we haven't had him in a while. Ooh, well, okay. see, I've only done one with him, and I've done that's, like five yeah. <laughs> with Chelsea. Yeah, and then Kevin Leahy was okay. has not been recently, but he was he was a big one for a while. Yep. And Dulcie Taylor. Okay. Because hmm. she always used to come on and promote downtown stuff. Got it. Okay. So I think I think they're hanging around like twelve visits well and see and i'm i, I'm I think sort of, chelsea you're probably like at seven or eight now i, I was trying to count it earlier I, i'm about at least six yeah yes. yeah and again i feel like i've done like a handful of them i'm gonna lobby mm-hmm. though i think that maybe one day oh i think she chelsea and i could do a show together Ooh. oh pop, it would be far better than with me all right <laughs> i would be down make your that. voices heard folks <laughs> There, it's out there. It's out there in the so, universe now. So we we didn't we played the guessing game, but we have the uh, esteemed curator of the Clatsop County Historical Society, Dr. Chelsea Vaughn, is back with us. Yes, thank you. You oh. know her, you love her. You can't live without her. Thank you very much. <laughs> very kind. <laughs> Which means we probably have something exciting to talk about. We at the do. Historical Society. Yes. That's why she's going to be the the most frequent guest. It's true. It's because some, she's the and could take over at any minute for me <laughs> and do a far better <laughs> job. Other than she's being paid to be here, which yes. is always good, right? That helps because <laughs> then we know that they show up. That's right. We had this conversation one of the times she was here where I said that it's always an option. And she was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not in the job duties, but, but sometimes it's the as, as other specified or <laughs> right. as other needed, right? It's so yeah. she, because she's smarter than me and she can talk about what we do far better than I can. That's true. Yep. So. so deep tease. We're going to get to that. Of exciting things that happen are happening so, and we, we don't this have, week. We don't have anything to plug, do we? No. Memorial Day's coming up, so I think people are making plans. Isn't that the unofficial start to summer? So, Is I it? mean, unofficial. And then we have Goonies Day. Oh, yes. That's fun. The the event formerly known as Goonies Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're not sure if we're allowed to use the word or not. Probably so not. So we skirt around it. It's Well, and it's not a real holiday. Right. Oh, it is oh. by mayoral proclamation. Oh. June, June 7th is is a holiday forever. Well, then you can still Astoria. use it. That's kind of my opinion, especially since the mayor's proclamation is actually hanging somewhere in Steven Spielberg's office. Okay. <laughs> right, at, right after Mayor Van Dusen at the time made the proclamation, his office called like two weeks later and said, could we get a copy of that? I'm sure so, he's going to come to bat for us one day if we ever get in trouble. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the uh, big history highlights, the things that happened tomorrow okay. that, as always, you can use for Final Jeopardy to win bar uh, bar arguments, bar trivia, or just to uh, to start a conversation with strangers on the subway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all of our podcast listeners Str- out there. Strangers on the uh, Riverwalk. <laughs> uh, May 22nd, 
I have a lot of them, but not much information on them. 1761, the first life insurance policy in North America is issued Interesting. in Philadelphia. So the big question. I don't know. I didn't, don't that's know. why I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do any other additional research on the <laughs> for thirty five dollars. Yeah, there were there were a lot of them, but I thought, oh, I should have checked more into this. Eighteen oh two, First Lady Martha Washington dies. Okay. Now I have not rated the first ladies. I keep saying I should. I kind of think she was an okay person I'm, in terms of first lady. Yeah, my favorite thing about her is that you know upon her husband's death, she is willed all of his many slaves and. They get to stay around until she dies, and then they get freedom. But she's uh, thinks, I don't want all these people waiting around for me to die, so she just immediately frees them. Good for her. Interesting. Yeah. See, that makes me like her even more. Or just that she was, didn't want to get killed. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder how many did like put that in their wills out of fear for yeah. their children or for their right. family or for their house versus I knew this was the wrong thing and I should do, better. do the right thing yeah. even if it's on my deathbed. Right. I don't want to be inconvenienced while I'm alive, but right. I but, want to do the right thing yes. near the end. Uh, 1803, and this was almost going to be one of my, my the history highlight. 1803, the first U.S. public library opens. Oh, that seems kind of late to me for a public library. Were they all at universities and things well, like that? I thought Ben Franklin had a public S- library. See, that's why I was kind of like, okay, was there some like it was privately owned, and that makes hmm. the difference. In Connecticut, of all places. Okay. How did Connecticut beat out like New, New York or Ooh, Massachusetts? We'll, we'll do a deeper dive on that. There's a future uh, episode. We should do a whole thing on libraries. That's yes, a good, that's we a good should. Idea. Uh, 1807, former U.S. Vice President Aaron Burr is tried for treason in Richmond, Virginia. He was acquitted. Horrible guy. Do yeah. we agree? Not my favorite. Yeah, no. <laughs> not your favorite. <laughs> that's like that's like so diplomatic. <laughs> I'm willing to go right out and say he's a horrible guy. Right. I don't care if there's descendants that my great 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 grandfather's Aaron Byrne. I'm mad at you now. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, 1807. Could you believe that like a vice president could be charged for treason? Right. <laughs> All right. We're gonna move on. Um, <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> 1807. Townsend Speakman. I like that name. Townsend Speakman, 1807, is the uh, first, uh, he first sells fruit-flavored carbonated drinks Oh. in Philadelphia. Fruit-flavored carbonated drinks. Interesting. Hmm. It's soda. Right. <laughs> Why don't they say soda? But it's not Coke. <laughs> it's not Coke. It's right. fruit-flavored. Ah, okay. Uh, it's like strawberry, strawberry phosphate, stra- you know, Yeah, I don't know. Like 1807, what flavor do you think people would have been digging? Strawberry. You think just strawberry? Vanilla. Well, but that's not fruit. Cherry, <laughs> ap- apple? Cherry. Maybe, maybe apple. apple. It's like yeah. not the hard cider. Maybe it's like the bubblies for kids. All right. Uh, but I like that name, Townsend Speakman. <laughs> 1826, HMS Beagle departs on its first voyage to survey Patagonia and Tierra del Fuego. The Beagle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a good name. This one I, I love. 1849, and today Abraham Lincoln is my top pick for best president. Today. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes he's two. You know, they, they flip-flop as you're well aware. But today, because of this, 1849, Abraham Lincoln receives a patent. He's the only U.S. president to have a patent for a device to lift a boat over shoals and obstructions. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, that, <laughs> that that's what the patent's for. Right. I, I want to look up the drawings of that. Yeah. How big of a shoal? How big of an obstruction? <laughs> How big of a boat? Right. All right. 
and, and was this his background? I mean, what what is no. what it led to? A, yeah, I think I, I think maybe he stole it from somebody else that <laughs> came to him as a lawyer. And I was always like, this is what, a good idea. When I think about patents, that is always what I think of first. Like, who's the really patents? Don't necessarily mean inventor. It's no, just it's the person that gets pilot. the patent first or yeah. gets the paperwork fact, done. In, in the scientific world, like my dad had to share with the company he was working for each right. time because oh. they were the ones that filed it. His name is there, and technically he has it, but it's owned by the company. Yeah. So, uh, 1856, and we've talked about this a couple of times on the show, Southern Congressman Preston Brooks savagely beats Northern oh. Senator Charles Sumner in the halls of Congress yeah. as tensions rise over the expansion of slavery. With a cane. He beat the guy with a cane. With a yeah. cane. And he was never, he took like two <laughs> no. years to recover, and he never was the same. Yep. How bad. Uh, 1859, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, creator of Sherlock Holmes, is born. Cotton. Fans? Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I get that it's important, but I never really <laughs> got into it. It started a, a genre, though, that really yes. became pretty popular. 1892, Dr. Washington Sheffield invents the toothpaste tube. Oh. The tube. Not the toothpaste, the Okay, tube. so what was it in first? Wasn't it powder form? Right, right. Oh. Or little tablets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tablets. Oh, right. I, so. I didn't know that. Well, you can still buy it in tablets for you if you don't want to be, you know, creating the waste of the oh, paste see, tube. There she goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mix it with? <laughs> I mean, like, um, how do you do it? Just water? Yeah, just put it on your brush. And the that's <laughs> if, I guess I wear radio, so probably no one saw me brushing my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you almost looked like the, the uh, brush a brush a brush a. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> Had the same motion. Yeah. So the tablet, though, what would you put? Did you just put it on the tooth on the toothbrush and then yeah, add water? A little yeah. water, yeah. Oh, interesting. Or right in your mouth, I bet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I bought I bought once as a as a gag as a kid the uh, the powder. It was weird. Yeah, the powder. Was yeah. Uh, Nineteen hundred. Associated Press organizes in New York City as a nonprofit news organization. Oh, that's good. That was almost going to be my history. That's highlight a big well. one. Yep. And and you technically like never work for the Associated Press. You work for independent like. Correct. Okay. Yep. Independent or uh, affiliates of did, networks. Did you ever res like have an opinion on the AP people? No. Um, I mean, remember, AP is very um, brief, right? So mm -hmm. it's news that's really, de you know, it's very detailed. And actually, I would say that reporters in general appreciate the AP because it is void of opinion, mm -hmm. primarily, because it's, it's so condensed. And it's why I would also say that the general population doesn't appreciate it because they want <laughs> opinion with their news or reaction, right? Reaction. So you don't get that with the AP. So it still has a vital place. Okay. See, I thought so too. Yep. Uh, 1931, and this one's just for Alana. <laughs> Canned rattlesnake meat first goes on sale in Florida. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I ate a lot of and, things and, in Florida, but I did not and, eat candy. And it's like we're in Florida right now. I know. You can hear the sirens, sirens. in the background. <laughs> so I, like, I like making fun of Florida because my brother lives there. So, <laughs> and my wife used to live there. So. Yes. I mean, why wouldn't you eat seafood? Exactly. Rattlesnake. <laughs> so, so surrounded I've, by water. I've never had rattlesnake. I didn't even think rattlesnakes existed in Florida. There are quite a few snakes. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, one thing actually, here's a sidetrack. So I, when I was in the Everglades... And in an airboat, you know, getting the tour, and there's alligators all around and everything, and they mm -hmm. give you the all of safety precautions. And if you, you know, if you get out of the boat or, or whatever, and they said, you know, you don't need to worry about getting attacked by an alligator. 
It's not going to kill you. It will be the snake. The, a snake will kill you first. And then the, and then the alligator and then, will eat you. And then possibly. But but alligators are startled. You know, like they, yeah. they, they have plenty of food, so they don't typically attack people. People are pretty mm. big. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you ever are just terrified of snakes, then you hear that and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That Why am I here? That, <laughs> Why that, am I looking at all these That things? makes me feel better. Yeah. So have we ever partaked in rattlesnake nope. meat? Nope, I yeah, did me not. Yeah, me neither. Nope. Yeah. Uh, 1972, President Nixon arrives in Moscow for a, an historic summit. 1980, this was almost going to be the history highlight as well. You have a lot of there were, there today. Were, there were a lot of close <laughs> ones I had to think about. Yep. 1980, video game Pac-Man, created by Turo Awatani, is first released in Japan. Oh, how fun. Pac-Man. Yeah. Now, it's not the first, but I kind of think it's the biggest arcade gotta, game gotta be pretty get, popular right yeah. yeah 1990 so my first computer in in my house was a trs-80 from radio shack and they had a knockoff of pac-man called scarf man oh. <laughs> it was really bad graphics oh. he still like moved around and ate little it's dots the same. yeah um so i played scarf man before i played <laughs> pac-man it was very sad oh. did it have ghosts it did not it had uh, like little just Circles that blinked that suddenly started chasing you around every now and then. <laughs> yeah, it was not uh, it was not as exciting as Pac Man, and it wasn't in color either. Was there a, a Mrs. Scarf Man? No, oh. no. That's how sad Scarf Man was. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't find a spouse. Oh, it was very sad. Not like Pac Man. That guy's a player. Uh, Nineteen ninety, South Yemen and North Yemen are unified as the Republic of Yemen. Got it. And peace ever since. I'm sure. 1992, Johnny Carson's final appearance as host of The Tonight Show. Oh. You know, I didn't like Johnny Carson at the time, but in retrospect, I, I mean, I, I recognize the importance of Johnny Carson, but watching him near the end, I just never found him that funny. Right. As compared to I Love Letterman. <laughs> so, but I get that he was important. Yeah, started again. But our history highlight of the day, thing that had the go. most impact, and not a good one, oh. 1939. Italy and Germany agree to a military and political alliance, giving birth formally to the Axis power, which will ultimately include Japan and some other thing, other other countries. So yeah. bad guys yeah. getting together. Not good. No. Not good. Yeah, and definitely impacted the history. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was between like starting World War Two and Pac Man. It was a tough call. <laughs> and the AP. <laughs> and the yeah, AP. you're right. I, I I think you were you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, the toothpaste tube was, was up there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss any? You didn't. I mean, it's pretty that long was list, pretty, so. pretty detailed. Chelsea's like, I could come in here 20 minutes later and <laughs> had five minutes at the end of the show to talk. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Chelsea, Chelsea Vaughn, curator. Dr. Of the, Chelsea Vaughn. Dr. Chelsea Vaughn. I, I intermittent, because I've never like firmly like gotten whether she likes me saying that all the time or not. So I kind of, I think I, every other time I use doctor. You, you, you trade back and forth? I do. Okay. I've but never called you doc, though. You've never <laughs> called me doc. That's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> but I think in this setting, when we're interviewing her about her work, yes. <laughs> Dr. Vaughn, that's yes. appropriate. Yes. And that's, that's just you know, one more example of that she's smarter than me. And why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and that she makes the historical society look so good. She does, yeah. In yep. so many fashions. 
and at some point we really need to like go all in on talking about this the uh, the scanning project as well that, that you and Julie worked on. We talked yes. about it once here, but we, we did. We should we didn't yep. get into it. We should it. revisit that because we have something like over twenty six hundred items digitally available now for researchers online. Online, just, and just it's there, just open, and it's very it's a very easy interface to use, and yep. yeah. I was going to say easy because you say yeah. researchers, but actually just the, a common person right. can very easily access this now. Right. And we have a lot of stuff I think that's that's actually pretty fun, like like lots of old yearbooks, and we're trying to actually get more of those. So mm-hmm. if you ever want to be reminded what your hair looked like when you were 17, <laughs> there you go. Uh, See, I thought one time we'd do a fundraiser where we'd, we would threaten to release people's Ooh, yearbook pictures yeah. if they did not give us a donation. <laughs> right. And I actually had a lot of interest in some people that were like, please don't put my yearbook picture oh, no. out. It would be a great ad just to build, <laughs> regardless, right? Like a spoof. Yeah. I think when I first got here, I looked up all the board members that were local just to kind of <laughs> see what see. they looked like in high school. That's great. But off on a tangent we go. But this Wednesday this is one- the opening of the new exhibit. Yes, yes. We're opening a new exhibit at the Heritage Museum. It's called uh, Food for Thought. It's about... Excuse me. <clears throat> It's about the impact of food, both historically and currently, um, on you know Clatsop County as well as the surrounding region. Because you know food is not something that is necessarily contained to one area. There's you know quite famously food food networks, and they they spread about. But it's uh, going to be, I think, a pretty good show. We've been putting it's a lot of work went into it. It's uh, much more interactive than a lot of shows we've done in the past. So it's I think a good one for I'd say for kids, but honestly for for anybody to come and test your food knowledge and figure out, you know, what food's local and things of that nature. So Food for Thought, sponsored by our friends at Providence Hospital. Hospital. So Mm -hmm. we like that. Thank you. Uh, Do you know anybody from there that we can say thank you to? Uh, No. The whole (laughs) hospital. Anyone that works at Providence, he said. (laughs) Food for Thought, great title, by the way. Yes, Uh, it is a good title. That I had nothing to do with. Usually she, like, bounces some ideas off me, but she just said it's Food for Thought, and I was like, that's gold. Well, and Originally, um, I, I went through all the possible food puns before arriving at Food for Thought. Um, at one point, it was an excellent exhibit. Um, <laughs> I would have been down with that, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to get all the puns out. Um, and you felt good about it. Yeah. So, so, what, so was, oh, what was it? What surprised you? What surprised me? Um, it's, it, it's been interesting because, uh, you know, food, I kind of came to this idea mid-pandemic when like all the food systems were starting to fail and thought you know this is significant and something that we often kind of take for granted right is food and then you know thinking about food historically in Astoria uh, food is a major component of this whole region of of, you know of of why people moved here of of how people made their livelihood both on land and on sea Um, you know it's so it's, it's it's very significant but also it's something that you know, because the canneries moved out in the 1980s, because agriculture shifted dramatically about that same time, we've also, in many ways, sort of become removed from. You know, and I think one thing that comes up in the exhibit, but also that came up when I talked to a lot of people locally, was how much the major storms in 2007, which I was not here for, were a wake-up call about our local vulnerability in terms of food. That. Mm-hmm. The, all the power was out for a week and the roads were closed so the food that was here was rotting and no new food was able to come in. Right. And what a specific transition point that was. That always makes me laugh. Like, you know, the, the <laughs> chips are all gone 
and the soda and things like that, and the asparagus is still there or something (laughs) like that. I'm like, really? (laughs) So even when we're starving, we still won't eat that vegetable. (laughs) It kind of makes me laugh. Um, So so to me, the, the idea of food is so vast. How do you pick and choose what goes into the story and what, what we put out there in the Parker Gallery? Well, and that's a good question because, uh, again, there is a lot potentially and um, quite possibly there are stories that got m- missed. But also uh, one thing that has been good for this or maybe working with this, we also have an exhibit called The Bounty of Clatsop County already in existence. It's a great exhibit. Um, it precedes me here, but it, it's... it's quite good looking at how natural resources have been used locally and that's a very good complement to uh, an exhibit about food. So you can use that sort of as a starting point to think, well, maybe I don't talk about canneries much in this exhibit, but they're talked about over there. Um, and so I definitely did not want to double up because that, you know, I don't want to insult people and be like, hey, in case you missed this story over here, here it is again. Uh, but so we started thinking about how sort of, you know, food moves through a cycle, right? It's grown, it's processed, it's sold, it's made into a meal, it, you know, all these various things. And so we kind of move through food locally, how food has influenced uh, the area locally as part of that cycle. So we have agriculture. We certainly have the importance of restaurants, right? The dairy industry locally was crazy at one point. You would maybe not know that now. Uh, we have, you know, the fact that there used to be a supermarket, like every single small neighborhood had, a, had its own supermarket, and again, not anymore, but there's still remnants of that around. Um, you know, lots of cookbooks have been produced locally, just as various fundraisers and whatnot, so we spent some time trying to see what people were eating, or at least what mm-hmm. they were telling people they were eating, whether or not they actually ever mm-hmm. made that green bean casserole or not is <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> I think even the names of food kind of intrigues me, because especially with our Scandinavian population, when you talk about cookbooks, so you can buy you know, multiple cookbooks, right? So uh, the Danish cookbook, the Finnish. And, right. And they are different names for truly like the same food. And it's so territorial. And, and when you think about geography in those, that region, it's not very, I mean, it's big, but it's not very vast. Um, so I think that that's kind of fascinating too, to collect that. And that's just one population of cookbooks, right? right. I mean, right. well, and certainly, um, and in the cookbooks we had access to, right, because some of this is dependent, we just had, we had a lot of cookbooks in our collections. I, I started there rather than trying to, like, search out things beyond what was in our archive. Uh, but we also uh, much heavier reliance on fish dishes than, than elsewhere. And some of it, you know, when you have a cookbook called, like, The Fisherman's Wives and, and things like that, it's obviously reflective of the local economy. And maybe people are eating lots of fish or maybe they're just trying to convince other people to eat lots of fish right. that's a great point of are right. we eating it or are we just trying to sell it <laughs> right right <laughs> that's funny hey you know i give i give always give a, tons of credit that our exhibit like this is created by by you and by our facilities manager jack of all trades carpenter extraordinaire matt powers but are there other folks that help contribute to this that i'm, I'm maybe not giving enough love to yeah ab- absolutely this has been um this exhibit again it was it's been a lot of work it has a lot of interactives um we have a curatorial assistant right now, uh, Haley Nagel. She has been incredible in this. She's actually, um, it's been good to actually watch her not just do research, but start to actually develop parts of the exhibit herself. You know, she has hopes to be going to other, you know, be a museum professional, unfortunately, elsewhere probably eventually. Uh, but so it's good to see her develop those skills and, and grow with them. Also, our uh, we have a intern named uh, 
Leah, who has done a lot of research as well. Okay. Because one of the things I think people don't realize, especially for a museum our size, and there are smaller museums. Certainly. And there are larger museums. Yes, there are. That we don't necessarily, for something like this, we don't hire that out. This isn't a traveling exhibit, and we don't go hire some design firm to, to design this. This is all coming out of your head. <laughs> right. No, this, yeah, definitely. We do a lot of things in-house. It's yeah, I, someone made a comment to me once. They was like, "Oh, you know, I thought you had someone, you know, designing." I was like, "Well, yes, us. Yeah, we do this. <laughs> this me, us. yeah, me. I'm that. I'm that someone." Yeah. Yeah, and some museums, you know, wouldn't even know how to begin to do something like this. They'd be like, "Well, we decide we want to do an exhibit on food, and then we call the company and, and they tell them how food. much space we have, yep. <laughs> and we write a check." Well, certainly, certainly. <laughs> no, it's um, it is nice that we have you know the capability to do these things in house and to it's. it's it's a lot of work. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's points where I'd be like, if I could just call and be like, hey, can somebody else fabricate this fake food item? Because that's something I got strangely good at the last couple of months is making fake food. Yes. <laughs> I'm very anxious to see the public reaction of this exhibit because I think it is a lot of, of things like that that we've not done in an exhibit before. And, and I think it's it's tons of hands-on stuff more than we've ever done before uh, absolutely well. yes so what's your favorite aspect of this exhibit not in general like hands-on but give us some specific like i really love the restaurant exhibit part of this or something else you know t t touching on like the the fake food that isn't there and all <laughs> of it actually isn't that fake a lot of it's just very shellacked um <laughs> learning how things shellac and um that you can in fact encase bacon and resin um oh. <laughs> wow Things of that nature. It, it, it's been, yeah, there's been a very experimental component to this. Um, turns out the hardest thing to replicate, surprisingly, was Jello. Wow. Jello. Jello. And I'm sure that's in a lot of cookbooks. Well, it's so cheap, we could just like put Jello out every day. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually have to have a blurb explaining why there's so much Jello in the exhibit because there is, because, well, because people just used a lot of Jello at one point, right. and, and we don't anymore. So, like, you know, while people have an idea that maybe their grandma's made jello salads for potlucks or whatever, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have the memory when jello salad was every every time you had company over. What, or, what, right. what, what horrifies me, though, is jello with, like, lima beans in it or, oh, like, other, or, like, vegetables. Or fish. Like, I have an advertisement oh of, like, in the 1970s, jello came out with a savory line of, <laughs> oh, no. of, of jellos that you could use for, yeah, yeah, for, you know, if you have extra fish, if you have your extra vegetables and cheeses and no, just put it all in. That's just not oh. right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I get like dropping some fruit into it maybe, but that's about as far as I'll go with jello. Yeah, I believe they had one jello that was called salad flavor. Just just oh salad goodness. flavor. That's Interesting. Hideous. You know, back when we were uh, on a different radio station, <laughs> we used to play ads and mm -hmm. I used to go nuts. I played jello ads all the yes. time because they made me laugh. It, so yeah, it was a popular and for a while, theme was, song. Uh, I was giving my wife Jello cookbooks that I was finding <laughs> from the fifties. I don't know if I brought some in and donated them to the museum or not. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think so, but those, yeah, those she are, got over it after a while. I, I bet I could see that. <laughs> the joke wore off. Sounds like Chelsea has enough cookbooks, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> so so besides Jello, what's your favorite thing? That, what do you think kids are going to like the most about oh, coming to this exhibit? Um. Well, we actually I think there's a lot of things just for them to like kind of practice play like we have our um part of our exhibit we have a food truck we made so you can make your own food truck write your own menu out um serve, serve your food up and and things like that we have um oh we have a cranberry bog we oh, made that's um fun. that one I, yeah that one i 
We've been working on this divot for a while. We made the cranberry bog so long ago, I almost forgot about it, strangely. But uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a, a cranberry bog you can, can try your hand at. And well, I'm excited because I'm mean, also interested in seeing like what is still here. Because as you said, so you know, quite a few things have changed, but we still have cranberry bogs. We do indeed. I mean, we still have dairy farms. Yes. Um, yeah. Just not nearly as many. Right. So. And, and I like that uh, prominently in the middle of the exhibit and then on the wall is a little ode to Century Mart and Skipowki. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, we've got a sign and then one of his shopping carts. One of his shopping oh. carts. Although the oh. Bayside, not the main. No, thing. right. The Bayside centuries, yes. Um, Interesting. Technically, we have two of those. And we played with the Nick. We were trying to figure out, like, how can we incorporate a shopping cart? And we thought, first, we thought shopping cart races. But that, that seems <laughs> oh, <yes. no. laughs> A little too hands-on. Yeah. Well, well, thanks so much for joining us. And, and we are excited. So this exhibit does open this Wednesday. And then how long should we expect it to stay? Uh, for a while. Okay. The rest of the year. For a yeah. while. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Go make some history and come see our exhibit starting on Wednesday at the Heritage Museum. Open every day from 10 until 5. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.